Praise the Lord, everybody, on this beautiful Friday morning. Minister Anthony Bonner coming to you with the word from the word entitled Girdled by the Lord. Girdled by the Lord. We're going to be in the book of Second Chronicles as well as the book of Ezariah and the book of Isaiah. We're going to be looking at the king of Persia whose name was Cyrus. Cyrus was God's example of his unlimited power, how you do not have to be within the body of believers. You do not have to be in the nation of Israel. You do not have to know his name. You do not have to worship him in order for him to gird you up and to use you and to make you his vessel of deliverance for his people. King Cyrus, again, was the king of Persia. King Cyrus was an idolater. He did not worship or serve the one true God, the Holy One of Israel who had delivered his people from captivity and whose testimonies surely had gone throughout the entire land during the time of his reign. We'll start by the uh, instruction which the prophet Jeremiah delivered unto King Cyrus and what that prophecy was because it changed not only his world and his life, it changed the course of history. And this is something we need to be aware of and be assured of that God knows exactly where you are. He does not condone our sin. He does not condone our transgression. He does not condone our backsliding. But yet he can indeed use it because he is sovereign. No man can stop what God has placed down on the inside of you, if he's ordained to use you greatly in any dispensation, in any generation, it shall come to pass because his word does not return unto him void. It shall accomplish that which he pleases in which he has sent it out to do. But yet our job is to remain faithful. Our job is to remain steadfast. Our job is to remain unmovable, staying on the straight and narrow path with the assistance of the Holy Spirit because we keep our mind stayed upon Jesus because we stay in the word because we keep our, our hearts filled with praise and worship music because we associate with like-minded people. We don't venture up into dark places and atmospheres which once had us, had us captivated and lost and strain and horn away from our God. We do those things which enhance the relationships, which please our God, which does not break his heart. And in that manner, he will keep you because you are doing things that show you want to be kept in the name of Jesus. So in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 22-23, we will read the words that uh, are coming from the prophet Jeremiah directed toward the king of Persia, who is King Cyrus. And amazingly, if you go over to the very next book, the book of Ezariah in chapter one, you'll see verses one and two say the exact same thing, but they actually expound a little bit more on this purpose. So it says now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, it was God who stirred this man's heart up. This man was minding his own business, ruling the nation in which he had been appointed to rule. 
Now, he was in ignorance and also error, like many of us are thinking that we reach a place and a point in our lives that it was us that got us there or uh, someone we know or our abilities or our smarts. But it's only the Lord. It's only God that stirs up your heart to want to be a doctor or want to be a lawyer or to pursue many of the things that we're allowed to pursue. Because remember, in John 3 and 39, it says that a man can receive nothing except is given to him from above. That is plain. That is clear. It gets no clear. You receive absolutely nothing except your heavenly father has ordained it for your life. And it comes down in time, on time from him to accomplish his purposes in the earth for his people and individually for your life. God stirred up this king's heart that he would make a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and go out publicly on record of doing something that he had no desire to do until the desire was given to him and it was not on his radar. Hallelujah. Verse 23, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth have the Lord God of heaven given me. See, this was a revelation. He, again, did not worship the one and true God of Israel. God had to reveal this unto him just like he revealed unto Peter that he was the son of God. Hallelujah. Yes, that he was the Christ. That was a revelation that God from heaven gave unto Peter. God gave the thief on the cross a revelation that though he was hanging on a cross next to the Lamb of God, the sacrifice for his sins, uh, the key to which he could uh, reign with him and be with him in paradise, had to say to him that he wanted to be with him in paradise in his kingdom. This was God and his ability to uh, touch you in places that you need to be touched and show you things that will bypass your mind, your tradition, your stubbornness, your ignorance, hallelujah, and even your inability it takes the supernatural power of God. He says that God has given him, he's all the kingdoms of the earth have the Lord God of heaven given me, and he has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is there among you of all his people. The Lord, his God, be with him and let him go up. See, he was delivering his people because uh Prior to King Cyrus, it was King Nebuchadnezzar that had been sent in and raised up by the Lord as the vessel of wrath that would take the people, all of the vessels and everything up to Babylon with him because they had strayed away from the Lord. They had gotten caught up in idolatry, in disobedience and pure rebellion against the things of God. So he raised up Nebuchadnezzar to go and bring them into captivity to put them back in their right place and give them 70 years to think about it. And then he would allow them to come back up to Jerusalem and occupy that which was theirs and given unto them. Now, the temple was destroyed during this exile. Uh, it was completely ravished and torn down. But because the temple meant that much to God, whom he had Solomon to build in the very beginning, a place for him to dwell, a place for his people to come and 
worship him. It was just a symbol of, 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 of that did not exist throughout the land of his majesty, of his excellence, of his power, of his ability to bring something out of nothing, of his ability to speak things into existence, of his ability to touch the hearts and minds of men to be preoccupied with something divine and, and, and appointed away from those things which mattered most to them, which were natural things, their own self-perseverance. Hallelujah. So God is just showing that he is God. So King Cyrus is assigned to go back and to rebuild his temple. And he's bringing people with him from every part of the land that has been placed in captivity, primarily, primarily in Babylon. So he brings the people up. And they begin to sacrifice uh, vessels of gold and silver and many other things that are needed to build a temple because God, too, had stirred up their hearts. And we know that simply because when you go to the book of Ezariah in that first chapter, it tells us that God had did these things and had touched the heart of people. You can go and read it. It is only uh, maybe 11 Verses in that first chapter of the book of Ezariah, which is right after Second Chronicles 16. But let us forward to the last verses we're going to use in this podcast just to solidify how powerful God is, who's the maker of all things. I'm going to say that again. He's the maker of all things. There's nobody that's untouchable with God. That is the ignorance and foolishness of man to think somebody can't be touched by God because his circumstances are, are untouchable by men. He may have been a criminal for the 44 years you've known him in his life. She may have been a prostitute all of her life. He could be a drug addict. He could be an alcoholic. This one could be a loser, according to you, because you can't reach him, because your pastor can't reach him, because none of your false prophets can reach him. But God can reach him. He's the maker of all things. He will go down deep inside of you and he will touch you in that place that he know that will prompt you to move, that will redirect you, redirect you, that will put a fire in you, that will cause your mind to be stayed upon him and to focus. Hallelujah. Because only he can get the glory out of such a thing. Hallelujah. So in Isaiah chapter 45, we see the first verse. It says, thus said the Lord to his anointed. Cyrus was the king of Persia. He was a heathen. But yet God has called this man, chosen this man, and appointed him to be his anointed. He says to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut asunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name am the God of Israel. For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee. Though thou hast not known me. Did you hear that? This man did not even know the Lord. Yes, he's gone through and told him that I have chosen you. I have made you my anointed. Hallelujah. I'm going to make kings give. I'm going to open up their gates before you. I'm going to make 
that which is crooked straight, and I'm going to break everything that needs to be broken for you to accomplish this task that I have bestowed upon you to rebuild my temple in Jerusalem. And I'm going to give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. Not so that you can brag. You're already the king of Persia and you have all that you want throughout the land. But I'm going to give you the hidden riches of the secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, which called thee by name, am the God of Israel. So God is witnessing to King Cyrus. He's raising him up to be a godly king. Yes, to be a king that will exemplify the love of God to the people of God and lead them back to the place of God so that they can worship him. And he he, he informs Cyrus so that he can know, because obviously he did not know, because God does not speak just to be speaking. He says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God besides me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Now that word girded, we need to look at it because to gird means to encircle. It means to uh, place a demand upon. It means to constrain. It means to place in straits. God has arrested this man. He's under Holy Ghost arrest where his will is no longer at the forefront of his life. Now he is occupied. Now he is corralled. Now he is completely surrendered to this new desire God has placed in his heart to go and build this temple. Though he has not known him, that is key. The sovereignty of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He says in verse 6 in Isaiah 45, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light, hallelujah, and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. You see, this is too heavy for the nominal carnal-minded Christian who does not really seek the in-depthness of the word of God because for God to say these things, I form the light and create darkness, you will get all the hallelujahs. You will get 100% agreement for the most part that God did do these things. But for him to go on and say that he formed, uh, that he makes peace and created, create evil, you will get looks, you'll get stares, you'll get many things because they will uh, adamantly stand that God does not create evil, not understanding God created the devil, that he was his worship leader, he was his son, he was his right-hand man in heaven before he rebelled against God and was thrust out, him and a third of the angels. It is amazing that our God, who is who he says he is, and can do wondrous things, that he can use anybody and everybody, and that's his plan, that the good, bad, and the ugly all work together for the good of the plan of God throughout the heavens and the earth to prepare for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have girded thee. My brothers and my sisters, stay encouraged. Don't let your failures, don't let your faults, don't let the false accusations of people directed towards you discourage you because God knows you. He made you in his image and his likeness. He's placed down on the inside of you some amazing things that are laying there dormant for an appointed time. 
But you must play your part. You must seek him. You must desire more of him. You must be ready when he comes so that he can activate you into your assignment. That assignment may pull you away from your worldly job, from your worldly desires, from your natural passions, from your family. It does not matter. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Be like King Cyrus. You may not have known him, but God wants to gird you up. He wants to send you to do something that's impossible and know that it's impossible for you, but it's possible with God. No, you don't have the resources, but he will give you the treasures of darkness and the secret riches of the hidden places that you might go and do what it is. He has ordained you to do before the foundations of the earth. And he's the one who put it down in your heart. So fear not. Like he told Joshua, hallelujah, when Joshua was going in to, for the walls of Jericho to fall down and many other assignments that he gave Joshua. He did not uh, 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 tell Joshua that he was going to give him strength. He did not tell Joshua he was going to give him courage. He simply spoke what he knew he had already given Joshua and was on the inside of him that Moses, Joshua, his mother, his father, no one else knew it was there, but God knew it was there because he put it there. He said, be strong and be courageous. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again before I get ready to bring this podcast to an end. He told Joshua in Deuteronomy 31 and 7. He says, be strong and courageous. My brothers and my sisters, be strong and courageous because when God girds you up, it's time to be a man or woman of singular purpose, singular vision. Get finished the task, the divine assignment for which God has ordained you to come into the earth done before it's your time to transition and stand before him and in his presence. In Jesus' name, amen.